RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. You may remember in the very early stages of Reality Check Radio, we had the great pleasure of, I guess we hosted him on our program, Ivor Cummings from Ireland. And I think, um, Ivor, welcome back. Great to see you. And I think last time I talked to you, just sort of like been struggling with trying to push a car out of a snowdrift. So, and and you look like actually you look like you come through it pretty well at the time, but now you you just obviously nothing stressful like that has happened this time because you're looking very relaxed and uh, you know. Yeah, well, I just have a couple of days there of hard physical work all day. I'm fixing up an old kind of building, and oh, wow. uh, so a couple of days of physical work, you know, it's just fantastic compared to living in my office. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, this is really interesting because you are like a um, uh, canary down the mine shaft for us, your country, because this whole hate speech legislation, and I've been following it, is kind of getting close and it's sort of getting a bit crazy once you sort of get into some of the weeds of it. So, you know, we're anticipating similar, you know, debate, similar um, bill or legislation here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens where you are. So bring us up to date. Have your politicians, your power elite, finally lost the plot, have they? Finally. Well, they've been losing it clearly and all through the last three years of COVID. I mean, obviously it was it was lunacy. So, uh, oh, I'll just check. Is my sound okay? Because I have it turned down low. Uh, you sound fine to me, mate. Oh, great. Okay, so they clearly during COVID, we saw the madness that unrolled. And I met in a secret meeting with senior business people, some medical people, and a very senior politician, I won't name him, agreed to meet us to discuss the measures. And it was around August, September 2020. And after I presented for 15 minutes, just the core data, the seasonality, the lack of lockdown effectiveness and mask effectiveness, just the basic data. He actually said, you know, I agree with that largely, you know, I, and I was kind of aware of this. And I asked him, but what about the other politicians? And he said, you'd be surprised at how many would be aware of what you've just gone through. Okay. But he said, the atmosphere is you cannot say anything about that. And he said, that's just the way it is in the political system. So quite a lot of them are aware the COVID measures are absurd and, mm. and insane. But no one will say anything from any party, including the opposition, because they all know this is the way it is. And this is desired. These measures are clearly desired across Europe, U.S. also, and from the U.N., WHO and all the experts. So the politicians are cunning to say, I'm not going to stick my head up here. So likewise, I think with these hate speech laws where they've actually jumped the shark spectacularly now. So this law, and I'm not an expert in law, but I read through the wording and I was astonished. They have literally put pot crimes. You know, remember that film Minority Report? With Tom yes, I Cruise? do. Yep. They have literally written down, legislated for pot crime. Christ. If there is something in your possession, on your computer, on your phone, technically even a diary entry that they could perceive as hate speech right they can go after you and they can get the police to your door and they've even written in if you say it's encrypted my computer and i've lost the key that is also an offense oh wow right? okay that's an offense yeah 
So you don't have to do anything. No one needs to be hurt. No one needs to even really have evidence of being hurt at all. It, it's the intention. And they've also put in guilty until proven innocent. What the this hell? This is a first and yes. You have to make the case and prove how you were not going to share or promote this content. You have to. It's yeah. not that they make a case that they believe you will do it. And they show evidence that you had discussions where you are on record as saying, I'm going to do a manifesto and publish it. None of that. You have to prove that you were not going to publish or share this. Well, how can it's you do that? Beyond belief. I mean, it's all um, you know, so subjective. And who makes that call? The, whoever, whoever. The authorities. This yeah. is the problem. This is extreme Marxism. So it's the power taken and vested in the apparatchiks and in the government and bureaucracies, and you could say legal system. They are taking away innocent until proven guilty. They are taking away or imposing thought crimes. They will decide. They've got a list of protected groups, and the protected groups, God bless them. I have every sympathy for any minority group. I'm on the record for 30 years, always have, whether it's gay or racial-related. Uh, my record is spotless. A uh, lot of sympathy for people's plight as well. Yeah. However, these groups are being exploited by a machine, if you will, that wants conformity and wants control over the people. So Ultimately, nothing to do with protecting them, just useful no, to, to hang out. Absolutely nothing. That's the alibi. That's the excuse. And you know that because we have a hate speech law going back to 1983, and it's fully functional, and it's been convictions, I think, 55 over the last bunch of years. It's fully functional, but it's a real just law because the state has to show that you motivated an intent of yeah. hate or an intent to harm. It's a perfect law. But apparently the EU wants more. And I think especially after COVID, where ordinary people, even though they were censored by Google and YouTube and it was horrific, they still realized a lot of ordinary people got to actually talk and have private thoughts. Yeah. So they don't like that. that they want naturally. to go much further. It comes naturally to most people. Um, so what's the sense of the, you know, reaction to all of this? Because I would be incensed and I'm, you know, this is a trial run because I'm sure we're going to be facing uh, this kind of thing here. Um, but you'd think there'd be a tsunami of, hey, wait on, um, what innocent or guilty until proven innocent jail time for having material that you might think is something on my phone, that would be causing huge debate and opposition, Ivor, wouldn't it? Oh, 10 or 15 years ago, this would, and not even leak out. I mean, this would have come out when it first got talked about, and the newspapers and media would have had a field day, like you say. I mean, yeah. they would have exploded. All of the big commentators in Ireland you know, back in the day, would have come out with outrage on the radio and basically said what I just said two minutes ago. I mean, this is insane. And smashed it down, right? 
and smashed yeah. it down. But now, no media coverage at all. Blanket blackout. But wow. by agreement, I would say, there's a fundamental understanding in the media, especially after COVID, during and after COVID. There is a big strategy that's rolling out. We don't know exactly who from, but clearly there's a way our world is going and the journals are going with that. That's but just sh- the way it is. Surely so they must know. Those journalists must know and the people who run these uh, businesses and these publications know that it applies to them too, or do they get do they get a pass for being co-op? They like the politicians I mentioned at the start relating to COVID. They know it's insane. Many of them now. Some of them maybe are so idiotic they think it's a good idea because they're woke to hell and back. There's going to be useful idiots in the journalistic pool, but some of them who know just also know. I'm not saying a word. Even if it does affect me in the future or my children, at the end of the day, I got a career, I got a mortgage, you know, I got a few young kids. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to ruin my career because clearly the system and the top people who own the media, clearly they don't want this discussed with the people. Yeah, they, That's clear as day. That's not a conspiracy theory because it's proven. And one last thing on that, Paul, when Elon Musk retweeted it and Jordan Peterson yeah. And uh, I think uh, Trump Jr. also said it was outrageous. The media in Ireland were suddenly forced to acknowledge their own filthy secret, uh-huh. right, as described. Gotcha. And yeah. you know what they did, the main media, which is Pravda, basically in Ireland, it's RTE, it's, it's state media. During COVID, that was clear. What they did was they showed a picture. I'm not joking, Paul. They were forced to address it. They showed a picture of Trump Jr. only, not Musk or Peterson, because they're a bit too respectable. They just showed Trump Jr. and they had a picture of him like this on the stage somewhere. They had him looking like hate incarnate. And they basically said, Trump Jr. is telling Ireland what to do. Then they went ahead and said pretty much how great the law was and how needed it was. And they had zero details of the law, the, the important, nothing. Oh, yeah, that's just the important thing is, is not, yeah. man, we, we missed it. But here's the thing, though. Someone had to sit in that newsroom or that office, choose the yeah. picture, work yeah. out that it's the, the most sort of um, um, emotion-generating picture along what they want to generate, and then they decide what to include, what not to, and then they put it out there, man. That's it. So the media. I can't imagine that. I just can't imagine. How could you sleep at night when you get home? They, I think they probably have plenty of journals who are actually uh, true, useful idiots who are working on behalf of the system and believe the madness. They're caught up in the mass formation. They believe in woke. They believe in all of the nonsense that's come out. They believe we need these laws against far-right extremists. They're caught up in the narrative and they believe it. So a journal like that will just do what you want anyway. And then other journals, I've noticed some other articles where clearly the journal is not so sure, but they stay between the the guardrails. They still support the law. They still criticize the critics, but but they don't go overboard because you can tell they're kind of thinking, but they have to because they were asked by their boss to write an article, and they know the tone of the article. That's agreed in advance. They know that.
Well, I did hear from a, a colleague in Australia that at a very um, um, glamorous television event there late last year, he got to chat with the head of one of the networks. And that person said to him straight out, I'm sorry, I'm powerless. It's beyond me. I can't do anything here. You know, and, and that was from the top, the local top. But you're talking about a, a, a higher top than local here. You mentioned the EU. Um, are, are Irish people, citizens, starting to talk about whether it's worth staying in the EU? Because that would be a that would start that conversation in normal circumstances, wouldn't you? If, if you've if this is being imposed by other powers on you, yeah. But yeah. Ireland basically is utterly europhile, and we have signed off every law and change, constitutional change, the Lisbon Treaty. Ireland's politicians now, even 30 years ago, they were just literally licking Europe's boots as a whole group, and they were getting loads of money for roads and, and other infrastructure. So now at this stage, it's gone full-blown. All of the political class, including the opposition, the workers' parties, the kind of rebel party from the Troubles in the North, Sinn Féin, they're completely sucking on the teeth of Europe, going to all the functions, the European Parliament, and they're all there with their tray out or their hat out, all of our politicians. So none of them want to stop the quango and the leadership from Europe. Uh, the people now are beginning to wake up, a bit like Brexit, but... It's not enough people, and also our media, like I described, are, 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 are lost. So the people, you know, trying to bring this point up, no one in the media will cover it. It's, it's difficult, to be honest, uh, Paul. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it sounds like a big problem. Okay, a couple of more things. I want to talk about whether the justice mm. system can fundamentally defend your rights, or are they a problem too? But doesn't Ireland have mm. a lot of... IT involvement, and there are some of the big tech companies have massive data centers and, and even centers of operations there. That's been quite a long time established. Where does that fit in to this? Well, how that fits in, I would say, is basically there's a massive amount of corporate influence on Ireland, on the politicians, because they bring jobs, all these big IT and tech companies. And I think 60% of our exports or GDP is essentially biotech and pharma. So they're the biggest uh, ones of all. Okay. I think all of that, we know what comes from corporate. They drive the Marxist style agendas of the EU and of the Rockefeller Foundation and of the WHO and the woke. They know that's part of a strategy to atomize society and generally make a better market and more controllable market. So I think that's the big uh, influence of the corporates in Ireland, are they push, drive, and augment any of this nonsense. It's in their interest. There's a confluence of interest. And the mm. fact that they own all these servers, some people made the point that relating to this uh, hate law, you know, people from other countries could have material that's on servers here, yada, yada, yada. I don't think that makes much difference, Paul, because this law was written with an intent to inspire fear. It's basically a form of terrorism, this law. 
It may not even be that practical, or when it gets to the Supreme Court a case, it has to fail because it's fundamentally an atrocity against freedom of speech. But it doesn't matter because it's a form of terrorism, Marxist terrorism, actually. And it's to make people fear and shrink from talking. You know, you don't need to use the law. Hmm. You don't even probably want to test case of law the way it's You just want to flatten the curve. (laughs) You just want to flatten the curve. And it'll only be two weeks. It won't be three years. No, no, no. (laughs) It's like mutually assured destruction. I mean, these guys up the top are smart. They know how to twist truth and, and twist the law. And like mutually assured destruction with nuclear weapons, you don't actually intend using them. The fact that they're there, right, does the job for you. Yeah, the it's chilling the effect. same with this law. Yeah. I was just thinking, though, um, on the digital stuff is that, um, the, you know, these companies, anyone that controls a lot of information has power, right, these days. And with that sort of hookup um, potentially with um, between government and corporate, and we know what that is, uh, under this sort of regime, how would you know that, you know, data isn't flowing between these entities and suddenly you don't even know you've got a picture on your phone that they know you've got, you know, <laughs> and they're knocking at the door. That, that's that been raised extensively. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter. Um, I've worked with a lot, uh, Stephen, I think. Anyway, um, and he went through that example. So he said that to frame someone is generally difficult in the past. If you want to frame someone with drugs, you know, or or financial, you might have to put a million in their account electronically and then say, oh, look, they were paid. Or you have to plant drugs in a large amount. And, And there was a certain challenge to framing people. But now he said with this law, it's completely easy. You, all you do is just leave a handful of micro disks, you know, the micro SD cards with the right stuff on them and, and you just leave them in their house, you know, and then you just do a little bit of organization and then point the figure at them. It can even be used against politicians. You could target a politician or the bad guys could target the other party and just do a bit of that and just plant some evidence. And the way the law is written, those guys have a problem. They're now suddenly guilty, even though someone just dropped some SD cards. And remember, they're guilty before they're innocent, you see. Yes, that's what's <laughs> insane. People need to understand. Perfect. It's never, it is unprecedented in Western society. No one has ever, or maybe they did some crazy guy and it was thrown out. Yeah. No one has ever written a law that has guilt until proven innocent by you, the state has decided you're guilty and you must prove you're innocent. You're assumed guilty because we found this micro disc and it's got this uh, thing on it written that's giving out about this minority. You now have to prove it's not yours. You have to prove you weren't going to share it. I mean, it's the same. And the other thing is, it's crazy and thought crime. The fact that the state has actually written down legislation that it is a crime, they say, for you to sit down with your diary and muse and write down your thoughts on whatever, if they say it's against gender or it's against sex or it's against race, they say, they judge that what you wrote in your diary that's hateful, and that could inspire violence. It, yeah. it's, it's insane. 
It's and insane. It's beyond insane. Prove to me you didn't think that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, uh, actually, uh, yeah. Um, it's funny that the same old things come up, trans, racism, um, whatever the favorite religion is, not all of them, it seems, in most cases, but some. No. They, they're like pushing buttons. They're just pushing the same buttons, repetitive pattern, over and over. Politicians a half century ago, they generally sought to unify people together behind something good. We're going to go to the moon. We're going to have every family in America will have a car. We're going to lower taxes and we're going to. They unified and brought people together under positive things. Yeah. What's happened the last 10 or 20 years? And it's completely gone off the rails now. I mean, like you just described, it's insane. Here's a fear, and we'll protect you with this law. You'll give up some freedom, but we'll protect you from the flu. We'll protect you from a cold, right? We'll save your granny. It's farcical. And now they are using all these minority groups. God help them. They are being exploited by very, very bad ideology people. And they're using all this to divide. So the system now is dividing us. As a strategy, BLM, trans, there is no male and female. Start a big bum fight about that because it's clearly absurd, right? It's not lesbian and gay. We have gay marriage in Ireland and all over the world. 20 years ago, yeah. gay people had marriage and there was no more problems from society. I know 50 years ago there was. It was fixed. And then it had to become more and more letters. And then the authorities got behind it. The Irish army are marching with flags for LBGTQ, ABC, WXY, plus uh, minus, right? The Irish army, by law, is not meant to get involved in any political or ideological messaging in any parade or anything. It's written in their charter. They're ignoring that. Incredible. The police are going around in multicolored clothes. We have that. Uh, I mean... And and someone the other day to me, a really super smart guy, Paul, I won't name him because he's private, uh, but a hyper brain into psychology, into everything and highly technical. And he was beginning to muse on, you know, is there an effect? And my wife actually originally said this uh, from an article. Is there an effect of the Passover of marking your door so the angel of death passes? Are the police and the army and other groups, by taking part in the nonsense, are they kind of just making sure that they're not targeted, that they're putting a mark on their door and saying, could hey, well be. we're with the system? Could well be. Yeah. They could be. And I think that's the effect with many corporates and many individuals, for sure. However, I think the big thing, the huge thing is it comes from the top. Yeah. So in the police, we have a new commissioner. He's a corporate guy brought in from Northern Ireland, not like the old commissioners. And I hear from inside the force, he runs it harsh like a corporation and you follow the line. It's right. all about following the rules now with this guy. So I'd say, and in the army too, it comes down from the ministers. It comes down from the NGOs. It comes down from the UN. They've already said the hate speech law is coming from EU desires. They've said that openly. It comes down and percolates through the senior politicians. If you go to the president, 
It goes to the CEOs. It goes to the people who own the media. It goes to the managing directors of media. And it percolates down. This is what's needed. And what will this be? It'll be masks. It'll be lockdowns. It'll be trans is fantastic. And anyone who says otherwise, we want you to vilify them. Yada, yada, yada. It all comes from the top. But yes, there is an effect of people doing a Passover and marking their door and doffing their cap to the nonsense to make sure they don't get targeted. There is that too. As long as people are doing that, then there's no hope. That, that is the problem, because in the 1930s, Soviet and uh, Germany and all over the world, back to the Salem witch trials, it was the stages where it was getting nuts. People were beginning to feel this is a bit nuts. And they said nothing because the second biggest fear for humans, not for me or you, obviously, there are certain events of us who are different, uh, probably 10 percent, maybe. The second biggest fear for humans beyond existential, survi existential survival is social acceptance or, or lack of acceptance. That fear is written into people and they know it. Yeah. And so people will fall over themselves to allow a tyranny to develop and to destroy their future. Because right now it's socially embarrassing to counter it. That's the so problem. I, I hear it. It'd be so easy to say, though, Tell the EU to go screw themselves. I mean, that's what you got to do. That's all you got to do. I next. I I I know it's so frustrating. I have a group of friends that no longer really talk to me. They go back thirty years, around eight or ten people, and they accepted me giving the data and countering the lockdown in April, May, June, twenty twenty. They kind of chided me and kind of slagged me, you know, poked fun, comparing me to conspiracy theorists. Yeah, yeah. Because even questioning lockdown would get that kind of response. But it was good humoured. And then in the summer, Paul, in August, there was a barbecue and everyone met up. And my wife had to warn me, do not do a role of victory now. Do not rub it in their face. Because I had been clearly proven right about seasonality. Yeah. Lockdown yeah. was nonsense. Yeah. Everything. When the vaccine came, Paul, they all moved away because they could not accept questioning the vaccine. That was too socially embarrassing. So right. that was it. So they would move. And pro yeah, they would Professor Matthias Desmet, when I told him that story, you know, the psychologist, the, yes. the poly or the, yeah. He said, well, Ivory, he said, it's not surprising because you refused to partake in the ultimate ritual, the taking of the vaccine. You criticized ah. the ultimate central ritual of the whole of COVID. We know the lockdowns, the masks, everything on COVID was all focused on one target, the vaccine that was coming. That was yeah. clear as day. It's clear as day. Yeah. And I actually challenged society's golden, you know, Ooh. thing. Yeah. And that was yeah. it. That's how people are terrified of social pushback. Perception. Actually, people you, are cowards. You brought up a good, yeah, well, that's true. You brought up a good point because I've noticed that and you've just reminded me that um, certain people I know who I uh, hear about and have been in contact with do talk about their next jab with enthusiasm. <laughs> you know, like the, hey, there's a new one. Hey, and when the bivalent one came, I said, oh, this, you can get two for one. You know, it was like a special deal. You know, there was excitement and enthusiasm 
And you've just explained why, actually, now. It's the ritual. And they believe all the experts must be right. They can't all be wrong together, which is false, obviously. And in Ireland, it's not as bad. I think in Australia, New Zealand, you went maximum kind of insanity with our Dern and, and like you at WF, World Economic Forum, ultra puppets, young leaders running yep. your countries. Yep. So it was, it was nuts. Uh, but in Ireland, when the booster came out, practically no one was taking it. I, old people were taking it, but I think they were complaining only 15% of health officials and health staff and those guys fell for the vaccine like you would not believe. Yes. It was like they left their brain outside the door, right, for the whole year. <laughs> but even they would not take the booster because they smelled a rat. So I think in Ireland and other places, the boosters uh, stretched the ritual to the point that people began to wonder, maybe the ritual was like feet of clay. This is beginning to feel a bit mad. It's a cold, you know, <laughs> it's cold. Come on. I think we've uh, got rit- ritual overhang. <laughs> Yeah. is what we've got here. Now, the last line of defense, the way you're talking, and from what I can see, is your legal system. And really down to some very basic, you know, serious principles of law. And, you know, here you hear people say, well, okay, yeah, we've got a functioning legal system. But when, you know, when it really came to the test on quite a few occasions through that last few years, they, they kind of welched on the deal a bit. They didn't, they weren't as protective uh, yeah. of of law, and they kind of sided or appeared to be siding or had bias in a particular way. Now, if that's there, good luck with that. Is it? Do you have faith in the system still? Yeah, hmm. Possibly the Supreme Court where this will go. Uh, so the system in Ireland is the TDs or the kind of politicians have voted yes. And people before profit, uh, a guy named Boyd, I think, uh, he went in and challenged the insanity of this wording in the law. And he raised four or five amendments, including like he referred to thought speech twice. And he said, this piece is thought speech. I mean, this is crazy. And his amendments made absolute sense. And they did not change the law in any weakening way. They just took out the madness. And he also wanted a specific reference to the European Court of Human Rights, put into it to enshrine we still respect the uh, European Court of Human Rights and free speech, even uh, within this law. They refused all of it. They rejected every amendment and they said, no, it is staying the way it is. Usually in politics, they accept some amendments and they move on. They would not because it's coming from the top. So the politicians voted, the TDs, and the next is the senators. And they are usually a rubber stamping, usually. I mean, mostly useful idiots as well. So there's a bit of fuss being made now to try and get the senators to question it. The next step after the senators who are, oh, don't talk to me, they'll probably stamp it regardless because state media has said this fuss is about nothing. The law is cool. So they'll probably stamp it. Then it goes to the president and he has to ratify and sign it. He can, at that point, say, I'm not so sure about this. And he can refer the law to the Supreme Court for the Supreme Court to decide if the legislation is really sound. And that's the point where a lot of people in Ireland now are trying to focus on letters to the president. Now, 
the president goes on about LGBT and climate change disaster and BLM all the time. Uh-oh. So, so yeah, so he is captured 100%, but he may, for the historical record or for self-preservation for the long term and his legacy, realizes, because he's a smart man and he's into poetry and everything, you know, he's well-read. As right. he reads this legislation, he may realize no wonder people are are reacting. This is insane. And he may cover his ass and send it to the Supreme Court. And yeah, then but- we'll find out. But I will tell you one last thing, Paul. They tried to get rid of Supreme Court judges who were not supporting COVID a couple of years ago. And I registered at the time. Why are they so desperate? And I figured, I know. Because if any of these cases about mask nonsense or lockdown nonsense actually get through the system, which is unlikely, but if they get to Supreme Court, you want a bunch of useful idiots on the Supreme Court. It's critical. Yeah. Because if you have guys who clearly don't believe in the COVID nonsense on the Supreme Court, that's dangerous. And it's the same for all these things. They've been trying to get the Supreme Court full of woke type supporters. Wow. What a job. <laughs> you've got and we'll have that job soon i just feel it oh yeah maybe some local nuances but it's 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 gonna happen it sounds to me like it could go either way yeah it's all to play for and um, we have a counselor uh paddy who's i think he's a mixed martial arts kind of specialist uh, in his own right famous but he's a counselor the last few years and he's come out with a campaign on instagram the other day and I pushed on Twitter and Facebook and all around a short video right to the president. And they've done a template because I, I think I hate giving up a battlefront. Um, but I the senators, like I mentioned, I, I, I wonder, is it a lost cause? I mean, you're talking about yes, men and useful idiots mostly there um, and Europhiles and woke uh, lords. So I think he has a point. Go straight for the president, and 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 that's the best hope. And, and, and I think play, it's all to play for. Play on his legacy, his perception of his legacy, and where he could end up if he is this uh, Michael Daniel Higgins? Is he the uh, yes, the president? Michael D. <laughs> he looks like you know an aff- affable, affable man. Oh, he's a lovely man until you guy hear him. Yeah, he's a lovely man. And he was always an amusing man to me because of his demeanor and his accent and his diminutive stature. But I always kind of liked him because, I mean, I'm into the language and I was a top scorer in English uh, in school. It's just something I'm, I'm very strong. And mm. I liked the fact he was into poetry and Irish history. But, Paul, the irony, someone who's into Irish history and poetry is now full bore woke crazy how does that happen? and he's our president he looks like harry seekham to me the picture i'm looking at it's a bit like harry seekham <laughs> there's some very funny uh comedy clips that were done with comedians in ireland who uh who basically simulate him he's obviously very easy to to make fun of i mean yeah but here we are here we are good, so good it's play for yeah it does give you the sinking feeling though doesn't it um, when you when you talk about where it's coming from and the web and the tentacles that are through the whole thing, you know, you're playing catch up here, big time. You've got to unpick all that, unbundle it all, get enough 
force in the, in the in the public to to push back effectively man it's a job it it's a toughie but that's you know that's what the valiant were 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 born for and i mean we have valiant people we have people of ethics people of of courage still within our sea of cowardice in our yeah. society ocean and we see them all over the world and they've been abused they've been censored they've got the articles written and hit pieces but you know what they are the valiant they are the people yep. in the past that saved society and yep. they're still there and they're working hard and god bless them that's all i can say yeah i'd agree with that and sometimes you know it doesn't take if they're the right people too many in number to make a flip that is big right yes and there's a famous quote about that about a single person in the right circumstances you know can change the future and that's the only thing often that ever did and but the problem here now is technocracy this marxist technocracy has got the media in its hands and and even if someone does an amazing thing and stands up by the media utterly ignoring it and pumping propaganda instead you can hide those leadership people you know yeah. we've seen that happen so that's the headwind but yes we just hope that more people of courage within the marxist madness system stand up within the system where they're less easy to drown out and and question and ordinary people too if everyone who knew there's a lot of madness going on simply question they don't have to go out shouting and get accused of being far right which is absurd they just need to question at the water cooler and say i actually saw an article on gripped gript gripped.ie is the only irish media that's covering any of this or covid so you can say i saw an article on gripped actually and it was interesting it, it said that this law you know actually legislates for thought crime and i read the wording and it does i i, I was astonished you know, ordinary people can say that even in a work environment, and they're safe because they're they're just expressing a question and, and yeah. an interesting item without being screeching a conspiracy. So I wish more ordinary people would start questioning and say, you know, I saw the Cochrane collaboration study on masks, and it seems to be clear as crystal from the data yeah. that for two years we've had mandates and prison sentences for something that was known to be a farce. Well, what's going wrong in the world, guys? You know, just ask questions. Be gentle. Yeah. <laughs> Be gentle about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, this is training wheels for us, so we're obviously very uh, interested in the whole thing. And uh, Ivor, it's good to uh, talk with you again. Thanks for coming on. I really enjoy um, uh, chatting with you, and hopefully we'll do it again. And good luck. Good luck. Absolutely, we'll do it again. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.